Hi, welcome to The Wine Beat. This is Craig. The Wine Beat is an exploration of the world's great wine regions, sometimes off the beaten track, in search of the world's best wines. We're not going so far off the beaten track today. In fact, we're going to Campania in southern Italy. Salvatore Avalloni and his sister Maria Ida are the proprietors of Villa Matilde in Campania. Their story and the story of Villa Matilde evolves from a very deep commitment to the wines of this region. Salvatore's father was a successful lawyer in Naples, and he had an intense interest in the history of the Roman Empire. In fact, he was a professor of Roman law at the University of Naples. He took an interest in the historic Falerno del Massico wine, the preferred wine of Julius Caesar and Marcus Aurelius. And he dedicated himself, together with some crop scientist friends from the University of Naples Agriculture Department, to recovering the Falerno wine. And over a 10-year study period, they were able to locate a total of 15 vines of the specific biotype that had survived the phylloxera devastation of the late 1800s and 1900s. These were the specific strains of the typical Campania grape varieties of Ailianico and Pieri Rosso, and there's only 10 of these red grape varieties, as well as Falangina, and there were only five vines for the whites. Well, I'm telling the story over again, and it's much better heard directly from Salvatore. So listen to this man who has acquired his father's dedication to wine, and hear more about not only the Falerno wines, but some of the other great wines from the Campania region and this very, very special part of Italy. Here we go. Salvatore Avalloni of the Villa Matilde Estate in Campania. It's so nice to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you for your interest in our region and in our wine and also in the story of our estate, Villa Matilde. Matilde was the name of my mother. Villa Matilde is a family business with a long story in the, in the last 54 years and uh, is very strictly connected with the story of the ancient Falerno wine. But uh, I want to study, start from the first level of this story. Uh, my father was uh, a lawyer with uh, a very big passion with the research of the story of um, ancient Romans imperial age. And also he was a teacher in the University of Naples in Roman law. During uh, the years in which he was a teacher in the university, very often he met in the books, in the story, in the research, uh, research the story and the description around the, about the ancient Falerno wine. Falerno was the favorite wines, wine of Julius Caesar, Marshalls, uh, Horace, and many, many others during the last two millennium. But in the 50s, the years in which my father started with this study around this wine, was completely disappeared from the market and in the production. Because in the end of the 19th century, the philosopher totally destroyed the vineyards in the ancient area of Falerno. So the Falerno wine disappeared and just few vines used to produ produce the, the grapes 
for the Falerno wines, survive in some small vineyards, family, basically family vineyards, used to produce the, the wine for their uh, own uh, use in, in, the, in the house, in, in the family. Uh, so but before the phylloxera epidemic, uh, there had been a wine industry for centuries. And then it and then it kind of wiped out the the wine industry when the phylloxera epidemic came through. So before there was a, a huge production, a, a large production of of Falerno, but uh, when phylloxera arrived, it destroyed the vineyards. But in this area and also in all Italy and Europe, basically the phylloxera made a very big damage in the wine world. And uh, um, my father had uh, the idea to rebuild fir the first vineyards of the Falerno of uh, new age. He started with the program of research of the ancient vines with uh, um, some friends that was also involved, involved in the agricultural department of University of Naples. And they described something like uh, a, an ampelographic description of the characteristic of the ancient grapes used since Roman's time in this area to produce the, uh, the Falerno wine. So uh, with this ampelographic description, my father and his friend for more than 10 years across along the hills of uh, uh, this area, per cercare, or you can translate, to look, to look for some vines survived to the phylloxera. And uh, after 10 years of research, we found that 20 vines, 15 of uh, red varieties, and just five of a white variety. And starting from these vines, he started to plant the first uh, the first uh, small vineyards. Was he, was, he sorry to interrupt, was he specifically looking in this valley, in this area, for those Yeah, for those it vines? was uh, an evolution of the grape varieties actually called Aglianico for the red, Piedi Rosso, and Falangina, like a white uh, varieties. Locally are called Uva Falerno, that means grape of, from, for Falerno, because our special biotype of this type of grape varieties that you can find just in this area. After 2000 years of evolution and acclimatazione, how we can translate? Uh, acclimatization. Yes. Um, yeah. Adaptation. Adaptation in this uh, soil with this um, geographic and meteorological condition. And uh, starting from that first 20 vines, every year in a nursery he made a multiplication of the vineyards and finally in 1965 he planted the first three hectares of modern vineyards in the same area, in the same soil in which 2000, uh, 2000 years ago the, vine, the vines was cultivated from Roman people, from Roman, Roman um, contadini. Farmers. Farmers. Farmers, thank you. 
So, uh, Villa Matilde, why this name? Because uh, my father, um, every week for much more than uh, 15 years, every weekend was out of the house. Uh, Searching for vines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, after this, his effort, he, he dedicated his effort to his wife, my <laughs> <Right>. mother, <laughs> and the name Villa Matilde is born for this uh, love for the ancient tradition and legend of wine in this area and for, for the wife. The patience of his wife. Yeah. So the heart of Villa Matilde is strictly connected with the Falerno era, you can understand. Actually, we are the main producer in this area, about 70% of the total DOC wine Falerno del Massico is produced in our estate. Starting from this estate with uh, a very close um, philosophy with the in indigenous grape varieties, used just the grapes that I said to you before, Ayanico, Piedirosso, and Falangina, we planted the same variety at first in the area of Benevento, and then we developed our business in the area of Avellino with another state in which we cultivate and produce Greco di Futufo, Fiano di Avellino and Taurasi. So this is something that's very fascinating about Villa Matilde because you have uh, uh, different wine growing regions in Campania and you're growing different varieties but you're covering most of the most important varieties that come from Campania. So here around the estate, you're growing Aglianico, uh, Piedirosso, Piedi it's Piedi difficult Rosso, to yeah. say, and Falangina. And then in the Benevento? Benevento area, yeah. We produce also wines from Aglianico and Falangina, but uh, is a different biotype and of course different terroir. So the, the wines are totally different. It's very interesting to taste, uh, for example, an Aglianico produced in the area of Falerno, um, hills close to the sea, uh, with uh, the mountain of Abruzzo all around uh, this area, with special characteristics, characteristic is, uh, is warm, is um, full-bodied, very elegant. The same Aglianico cultivated in the area of Benevento, different soil, very uh, rich, in the, in the composition of, um, del, del of the land of the terreno. Uh, yeah. Okay, rich, yeah. Of, of the land. Yeah. And an area far, about 140 kilometers from the sea, um, with uh, a colder temperature compared to the area of Falerno. The wines are very fresh, nervous, elegant also but different profile. And then we have the third Aglianico, produced in the era of Taurasi, the colder region of Campania, close to the mountain. The soil is clay, is made with, say, clay, not uh, with uh, volcanic... Uh, um, uh, volcanic lace. And uh, um, so, the Aglianico Fortarasi is uh, austero, 
uh, austere mean uh, austere austere okay. yeah much more nervous with uh, a totally different uh, um, approach the, the Valianico from Falerno is uh, oh, in Italian ti salta incontro espansivo e caldo I don't know how you can translate this word in, in English it comes towards you ti avvolge so that's that's the wine from from this the, from this region, the Falerno version. From the area of Falerno, it comes to you. It's 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 maybe friendlier. It's more yeah. immediately approachable. Ayanico from Torasi is like the mountain. It's hard, very elegant, very um, full-bodied, long-aging potential, very long-aging potential but it's not so um, approachable like the Ayanico from Falerno. The Ayanico from Benevento is in the middle. It's mm -hmm. a blend mm -hmm. of the two different styles. It's really fascinating. And, and so the different climates and the different soil types give them their, each their distinct yeah. characteristic. Yeah. And they have different aging profiles as well, I assume. Of course, of course. The Falerno is, um, during Roman Imperial Age, was uh, um, drinked not before 100 years. So the Romans used to store in the amphoras and to age the Falerno for much more than 100 years. So wow. it's, that's, it's, that's, it's a very long time. Uh, I don't suggest to drink, to wait uh, uh, all the years to enjoy a, a bottle of modern Falerno. But the aging potential is very big, up to 25, 35 years, depending on the vintage. Even with the Falerno, which is much more uh, immediately welcoming, immediately friendly drink, wine to drink, it's still got that long aging. It's not aging. An, an easy wine to drink, because it's a complex, full-bodied, very big uh, aging potential, acidity and texture. But uh, it's the profile that is much more um, velvet and approachable compared with the, the Alianico of Taurasi. The same level of quality but different expression. What about the acidity levels in the different, uh, the, the Alianico from the different areas? Do you find different acidity profiles in the wine? Yeah, acidity, the Alianico is very rich in acidity and in tannins, so you need uh, time in bottle or in barrels to mature before uh, for consumption before drinking, but uh, uh, the acidity level is uh, about five, five point five uh, in the area of uh, of Falerno, and something more in the area of Taurasi. And that also contributes not only to the flavor profiles, but also to the aging aging profile, I guess, and when those wines both yeah both yeah. So it's very interesting also to to spend a few words about the, the difference between the modern Falerno and the ancient Falerno. Uh, in our philosophy is uh, to have in one end the story, the tradition, two millennium of uh, evolution of uh, agricultural experience and uh, Technologic experience. In the other hand, we have the best technology, the best modern technology. 
and we want to, to fuse the tradition of two millennium and then the modern technology because we want to produce uh, a wine with the, the weight, the, the... All of the character. Of the character, of the tradition and the evolution of two millennium story, but also a modern wine with the actual market, actual consumer. So uh, our job is to, to fuse, to, to blend these two very important element. So, for example, I want to describe you how the Romans produced this wine. You know that uh, normally the grapes was crushed by feet in, in a big uh, cask, but uh, for a, a classic normal wine, the slaves normally jump on the grapes to extract the juice from the bunches. For the Falerno, the style of vinification was a little bit different because uh, during Roman imperial age, the Falerno was the top wine of the market with a price that was 10 times the price of the best other wine that you can have in all the Roman imperial area. It was like a, a legend, a might. And the rules to produce the Falerno wine was uh, um, consacrate, how you can translate? Consacrate, uh, was described okay. in a religious ritual because it was very important to protect these rules and in the ancient side, if you, if you was to protect something, you transform it in a religious thing. So, the people, every year, the slaves, every year, when they crash the grapes, not jump, but they dance on the bunches at the right of a music, every year the same, but was a such a music, sacra, musica sacra. Sacred music. Sacred, sa sacred music. If you press the grapes at the right of uh, a music, in the same time, you have the same number of pressure. Ah, there's consistency in the pressing because yeah. the music is regulating yeah. And you, if you dance, that's, a, that's fascinating. Yeah. That and is. if you dance every year the same music, yeah. every year you can extract from the bunches a must with the same characteristic that you can repeat every year. You can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can create consistency and you can re, um, repeat what you've been able to do before. And then replicate. you can replicate, you can replicate every year the characteristic of the mast. So starting from the mast, the mast was, uh, um, was fermented in uh, uh, clay amphoras. 
But the amphoras don't was stored in the cellar like today, but in the fumarium. Fumarium was a white room on the top of the Roman farm, on the top of the house, in which all the smokes produced in the fireplace of the house was concentrated. That's where the the word fumari comes from, I guess, is from the smoke. Smoke. Fumarium means uh, smoky room. Very interesting. Okay. And was uh, on the top of the house, under the roof. This means that this is the colder room during winter time and the hottest room during summer time. It's not what you normally expect for storage of wine, right? Normally you not in the modern down, idea. Down low and yeah. not in the modern idea. Yeah. And of course, through the clay of the amphoras, the wine had a concentration by evaporation of the elements. So, at the end of the story, if you age a wine for 100 here in this amphoras in the fumarium with very cold climate in winter time very hot climate during summer time you can understand that the wine that you that we can produce with this technique is totally different compared with the idea and what actually we love with with the name of wine understand, so, understand. another thing yeah. so basically we can compare the wine produced in this way with uh, a balsamic vinegar. Ah, uh, okay. Not with uh, a modern wine. That's what experts would think that the wine would actually resemble, would be something closer to balsamic vinegar. Balsamic vinegar, so like uh, a sauce with a high density, and uh, you can understand why the Romans used to blend not just Falerno, but all the wines with water and very often with sea water, spice, honey, and other things. So Falerno and all the wines produced during Roman Imperial Age was in other things compared with the modern wine. But the characteristic of the elements in the ancient Falerno wine compared with the actual modern Falerno wine like flavor, like uh, texture, aging potential and so on was comparable. I, it's, it's very difficult to, to translate for me in English this well, I, I think I, I think no, I think you've explained it well. The um, the product, the Falerno wine product, was a completely different product back then. Uh, hard for us to even imagine, and it was mixed with different ingredients to make a palatable drink. But some of the key characteristics of the wine, in terms of the flavor and the age worthiness and those kinds of things, are, are consistent through the ages. But the characteristic was the. Uh, aromatic flavors was the same of the, the modern Alianico, so you can have a lot of plum, a lot of marmalade of plum, a lot of uh, uh, strawberry aromas, tobacco, licorice. Of course, the evolution was completely different. 
and uh, of course uh, we have the smoky taste that the wine can absorb uh, absorbire come is it absorb soak from the smoke that was uh, every day in the fumarium mm -hmm. and then at the end of the blending with water, seawater, spice uh, and honey was headed with this type of uh, elements, aromatic elements. But it's important that the soil, the terroir, the characteristic of the area in which the wine was produced are the same. So the uh, main elements in the ancient Falerno was the same of modern Falerno. Actually, my sister and I, that are the actual owner of Villa Matilde State, um, have, I said you before, in one end the best tradition of this culture of winemaking with the modern technology. So our goal is to produce a modern wine with all the flavors of our terroir and also our grape varieties, but uh, you know that uh, what gives a unique taste, unique flavor to the wine is not the grape, it's not just the grape, but is the terroir. And this terroir is uh, gave to the wine and, um, a lot of minerality for the volcanic soil a salty taste because every day we have the breeze from the sea that refresh our vineyards and uh, um, all the flavors of the grape varieties that is um, protected with the warm but not hot climate from the south. Warm because we have the mountain all around that make the climate colder compared with all the area of the south of Italy. Elena was explaining that, that to me earlier, that you've got a very special climate here created by this ring of mountains, uh, kind of creating a, a bowl between the mountains and the sea, and it's, uh, it's cooler in the summer, yeah. but warmer in the winter. Than, well, than the neighboring regions, is that, is that correct? Then the idea, normal idea that the people have of a south climate, but uh, um, compared with all the region around, yes, yes, it's true, the region, not the region, le zone attorno, come possiamo tradurre? Okay, we, we have this crown that served, it's like a, a shield of this area, you know, so it's not, this area is different, a little bit, uh, the climate is different than the other ones that all are all around this chain of mountains. So, and if you think in the southern, in southern Italy it's always very hot, we are not in this region so hot because of the sea breeze that cools in the, in the summertime and then the winds come from the east in the night. So it's cooling in summer and preserving the, the warm in winter. Quando parliamo di regione, 
dobbiamo fare riferimento a un'area perché poi la regione chiaramente è un territorio molto più ampio se poi compariamo con Benevento e con Avellino ovviamente sono climi diversi però è il blend di caratteristiche legate al clima, alle montagne, alla vicinanza dal mare, al vulcano, al, al vento freddo o il vento marino che dà salinità, messi insieme costituiscono l'unicità di questo terroir e il motivo per cui gli antichi romani da, dall'epoca, appunto da 2000 anni fa, avevano selezionato questo territorio come un territorio speciale, tant'è che lo definivano Campania Felix. Yes, we are not talking about region because nowadays regions are very defined in Italy, as you see. So this is the zone where we are, the area very specific that the Romans just studied and found here because of the climate, because of the soil, we have the volcano lays, we have the sea lays in the same area, we have the mountains, this chain that covers the area and lets the breeze from the sea come and of course this area gives a very different taste the minerality from the soil the salty from the breeze the climate the sun the exposure to the sun is very different from the other areas of Campania region for yes. example Benevento and Avellino areas a very unique microclimate yes and that's why the Romans call this area Campania Felix the happy Campania Ok. Yes. It's a nice name. <laughs> <laughs> This was the yard, the courtyard of the Romans. They had fruits and wines and a lot of trees and vegetables. Those, this was the courtyard of the Romans, let's say. And they produced some fantastic wine as well. Yes. So that was part of why I was happy. Should we touch briefly upon the whites? Do you mind telling us a little bit about what you think about Falangina, yeah. uh, Fiano? Uh... I, I, I'll try. <laughs> so, uh, we produce basically wines from Falangina, Grape, Greco, di Tufo, and then Fiano in the area of Avellino. Yes, Campania is much more famous for actually for his white wines than, than reds. We have uh, um, climate there and grape varieties that uh, are um, very interesting for this type uh, of, of wine. Falangina is, is an uh, eclectic uh, grape varieties. You can produce with this type of wine uh, very interesting Champenoise wine with uh, eight, ten or more years of aging on the yeast, like uh, a young, very fresh still wine or uh, white wine with uh, a big aging potential up to 20 years and the other side we, we can produce with the same variety a passito in all the area in which this wine is cultivated that basically are the area of Benevento and the area of uh, Caserta so the area of, of Falerno. Greco and Fiano in our area are cultivated and just in the area of Avellino um, To describe these two wines, we used to make uh, a comparison, un, un paragone. We compare. We two. compare these two wines with uh, two famous, very famous actress. Falerno is uh, Sofia Loren, a very. Come possiamo dire? 
Voluptuous. Yeah, voluptuous. Okay, sensual. Can we say that? Very sensual. Uh, sensual. Typical e Italian lady uh -huh. with uh, a touch of aggressivity. Okay. And uh, a little bit rustic. Some attitude, but a little bit of farm girl as well. Yeah. And uh, is the aromatic frame of the Greco. A lot of acidity, nervous, touch of aggressivity also in the mouth, a lot of flavors, very sensual flavor. The jump on your uh, hand. The uh, Fiano is like Audrey um, Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn is much more elegant, a different style of sensuality. Very beautiful lady, but uh, for a different with a different style. Uh, Sofia Loren is an explosive lady. Fiano is much more elegant and delicate. Delicate. Mm -hmm. Fiano. More playful one as well? Fiano also have a, sorry? More playful as well? Would that be a good word for it as well? Playful? Well, well yeah, more sensitive. More, more sensitive. Uh, delicate. More delicate. So, yes. Like a bouquet, yeah. like a flower, very sensitive, like, so. Both are beautiful wines with a lot of flavors, but different style of flavors. The Fiano also have a, a very important aging potential. But uh, um, all the white wines made in Campania region have a, a big potential of aging because they, they have uh, a high level of acidity, a good body, good texture, and all the elements that give to this wine the opportunity, the potential of um, uh, improve their quality with the with time in the bottle, with a lot of years of refining in the bottles. So they are very good, interesting with their young, different characteristic of course after five, ten years, but very, very interesting. And in my opinion, a Greco or a Falangina or a Fiano is better after three, four, five years compared than younger. But that, that's my opinion and my, my taste. My and they will be quite different wines at each stage in their aging progress. Sorry? They will be quite different wines in yes. each stage of their yes. aging. Uh, you mentioned Pasito. You mentioned Pasito. Um, yeah. I think it would be interesting to hear what, uh, what that means because some people might not what, know what a Pasito wine is. Pasito is a sweet wine made with the um, overmaturation of the bunches on the vines. Uh, and uh, with uh, a, another period of drying on the net, on the, the net, in yes. the net, up to the end of December, the first 15 days of January. And uh, in, in our state, the pasito is fermented uh, in um, uh, stainless steel tank or uh, in amphoras also. Because okay, of our Falerno, white, both white and red, 
for an important percentage of the must ferment and refine in, uh, in clay amphoras like uh, two millennium ago. Um, after fermentation, the pasito is bottled and uh, refined uh, in, in glass for minimum two years before delivery. Uh, the flavors of this type of wine is very interesting. A lot of honey, a lot of apricot, um, um, tobacco, and uh, is uh, interesting to match it with uh, um, our sweet. Come si chiama? Dolcetti di mandorla, pasticceria secca napoletana. How we can translate? Typical um, pastry from Naples ma anche con crema dolce a base di crema, crema pastry chantilly. Cre pastry cream, cakes, and uh, chantilly cream is, is like a pastry together with uh, cream mm -hmm. together. So. Okay. That sounds really very good. Sweet. So, very, very sweet. Very yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Sorry, è atroce il mio inglese. No, it was, it, your English is, is terrific. <laughs> so I ho sudato per fare questo. Your English is terrific and it was a lovely insight into the wines you make and the wines of this part of Italy. Thank you very much. Thank you for your interest, for your time and uh, grazie. Grazie, grazie. Grazie molto. Salvatore, that was really fantastic. Thank you so much. Grazie molto. It was a wonderful privilege to visit with Salvatore Avaloni at his estate and learn not only about Villa Matilde's wines, but to also have insights into the differences in wines made in the key Campania regions of Taurasi, Benevento, and Caserta. And of course, it was also an amazing glimpse into the passion that grips a winemaker who's deeply connected with the history of the place and the wines that form a part of the fabric of the place. I also want to thank the very charming Elena Codarini. You hear Elena's voice during the interview for her generous hospitality while I was at Villa Matilde and for the tour of the estate. Villa Matilde has a very attractive and informative website. I encourage you to visit that website. It's at www.villamatilde.it. Also, make sure you go to www.winebeatpod.com to check out our rich content on wine regions, both in the form of podcasts like this one and in uh, the form of uh, blogs and articles on wine regions. You'll be able to see the show notes from today's episode as well. More episodes coming up from Northern Greece, some special episodes on winemaking with a friend of mine. I think you might like those if you've got a certain wine nerdy tendency and want to know about winemaking. It's going to be very cool. And we've also got an episode coming up, a, a tour of northern Italy and the wines of that region. So join us for all of that content. It's coming soon on The Wine Beat. Talk to you soon. This is Craig. Bye.